Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, the J10 Initiative. Hello, this is Catholic Stuff. How can I help you? Hello? Hello? This is Father Mike. Hey, Father John. Welcome to the podcast. Always, always exciting introduction. Do you um, <laughs> do you have any friends who do that annoying thing on their on their uh, answering machine? On their answering machine, I don't, I don't uh, think so. I'm trying to think if we had any guys who did some funny stuff. Tim, uh, no, Dan, Go- Go- Tim Gobel Dan. has one fa- a famous one. He has a famous one. My computer part or counterpart. counterpart. Finish the rest of the. I don't know. My feminine computer counterpart, Tim Danaher, Father Tim Danaher. Um, had a uh, bouncer at a nightclub one time record it for me. This great, like Barry White voice. Yeah, and, uh, he had that for a long time. I think he's now moved on beyond that, though. So. Is that an awkward thing, uh, sir? Would you would please? You? He did it though. And if anybody could make that happen, it'd be Tim Danner. Cheers! Cheers! How shaky I am. Yeah, it's time for another espresso. I Someone guess. Someone told me it's a blood sugar thing. Blood sugar. Yeah, Father yeah. Kemberling told me that. Oh, really? Yeah. Take take a piece of fruit, Mike. I was in your. He doesn't uh, even talk like that. I don't know why that. Take was. a piece of fruit, Mike. <laughs> I was in your old stomping grounds last night, penance service at uh, St. Thomas More, your home parish. Ah, thinking right? about your old uh, twelve years ago, the ordination party in McAllen Hall in after McAllen your first Hall. mass. Yeah, it's crazy. Isn't it crazy? Well, that's um, May, so that's right around the corner. Right. right. Yeah. When did you get ordained? I mean, like what day? May twenty first. May twenty first. Okay. Yeah, you. So we're all. 15th, I 15th, think. 15th, yeah. Coming I up in trouble on with this lady because I couldn't remember exactly. I uh, was in the, it was like 15 priests hearing confessions for a couple hours. It was so many people. St. Thomas More is one of the largest parishes in Denver. And I was in the copy room. <laughs> so I was like with the mailboxes and just kind of jammed in there. And they're like, are you supposed to be in here? I was like, this is where they put me. <laughs> got <laughs> so, lost. Yeah. So, they got arrows pointing every. I was at Lord's for penance service last night. Right. And I was in a classroom. And it was it was great. It was delightful. This first grade, first grade classroom. But I'm sitting um, directly across from the um, classroom rules. I think it was um, um, Fontana's okay classroom. Okay. And uh, the the rules on the board. I'm like, I'm hearing confessions, but I'm constantly tempted to steal that. Yes. And to bring it into my classroom. Right. It's stuff like um, we are kind to one another. <laughs> Keep we keep our feet on the floor. We always wash our hands after using the bathroom. <laughs> we're not we're not above that. Yeah, here. I'm like in higher institution. The, yeah, exactly. For the seminarians. Oh, hey, I have to start this thing. I um, yeah, beautiful day, dude. I had this temptation of. Well, I keep saying temptation. That's kind of. Um, I want to be outside. I know for the podcast. I know we can't really do that. Maybe we could do it on the balcony. Hear but, the birds. Ooh, you know? wait a minute. We have a fox, you know, who's been around here. Oh, I think I know. it's like the third generation, though. It's got to be because it was like I had the fox the living same. under my room. Uh, yeah, I think I right. lived right here across the hall. Yeah, and then there was a bush there. Yeah, and kind of an awning from the building, and the fox would live there, and um, which I always thought, you know, you could look out and sometimes see the fox or the cubs. Are they the, cubs? I think the cubs. Cubs, maybe. Um, yeah, but they scream. Yeah. Oh, it's so weird when they scream. And the I weird blood curdling. I'd wake up to that. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Foxes. Yep. It's time to get outside, though. It's hopefully this weather holds. We've had some weird back and forth. Hot cold. I'm still hot, cold. wearing sweaters. Yep. I like sweaters, but I also just walking in here. 
I could feel the vitamin D soaking into my skin. Ah, nice. And it was so delightful. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit outside today. Yeah, that sounds nice. At some nice. point, I'm going to read nice. a book. Read a book. Well, life is good. Um, our friends just had a baby. Yep. Miriam. Miriam Stein Palumbo. Yes. Uh, I've been ha- happy. And then they had a pool, like a March Madness pool, for guessing the weight and the gender ah. and the date of birth. Did you get it? No, I have to check because okay. I forgot what I had guessed. But I do think I guessed girl. That's good. Yeah. That's got to help. You need a sister for Rita. Rita. That's right. Um, oh, that's beautiful. Number Father three Shane for the Demon Plumbos. is in town. He is. Yep. Yep. Just a lot of joys. Yeah, it was great. Yep. The, Did uh, they come to the cathedral? Because he told me he was going to contact you. There, he is annoyed by my uh, notorious um, lack of communication right now. Oh. I owe him a phone call after this podcast. Well, the podcast kind of doubles as a phone call. You can kind of tell him. Yeah, hey, he, Shane. We're, we're kind of checking off to-dos here, kind of going through our text. I told him, yeah, he said, oh, which masses do you have at the cathedral? And I said, oh, I got 1030 this weekend. Yeah, you should come down and everything. Well, luckily he checked in with um, Father Sam because it's the Archbishop's Mass. It's not my Mass. Ah. And he would have just showed up and had random priests, you know, concelebrating with the bishop, which isn't the end of the world. Right, it's just a little right. more awkward and not what you expected. Yeah. Surprise. Surprise. Well, we got some props here, it looks like, today. Yeah, I brought some decorations for the room because okay. it's sparse and, I don't know. It needs some love. Uninspiring, can I say? Yeah, <laughs> you got uh, just random cords everywhere, empty bottles of Elijah Craig, which are not ours. You know. I don't know what that is. Yeah. What is it? Elijah That's Craig. That's a whiskey. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't have my glasses on, but I see it now. Okay, so two things that I found. Um, one is like my favorite image of Jesus. Oh, that's nice. Hey, can I tell you a quick story real quick about glasses? Sure. So I was doing fraternal group with Larkin and Wunsch, and we heard this blood-curdling scream upstairs. Uh-oh. Wunsch is upstairs taking a nap. Did your cur- did your blood actually curdle? Uh, you know, I guess I didn't, so it wasn't technically blood-curdling scream. But it was one of those. But it was a very high-pitched, intense, violent, and sudden scream, to which Larkin and I both didn't even move. No. Because we thought he was watching uh, Arsenal highlights, you know, European soccer. And it was Wunsch? Yeah, he rolled over on his glasses. Oh, Boom, no. That's bad, man. Ah, yeah. And he's blind. And I think they're fairly recent because he got yeah. that weird tint thing that yeah. changes when you I know. walk out in the sun. No, I, I'm not a proponent of that. Well, it just doesn't trans. It just doesn't actually leave the tint. And then you look weird inside with tinted sunglasses on. Yeah. So Yeah, I think you're right. I'm sorry, Wunsch. I uh, I guess there there could be a silver lining for me, which is that you could tape them in the middle and look like a nerd for the That's <laughs> next true. month. That's true. And I not above that. Giggle. Yep. Um, okay, back to this though. This is nice. Oh uh, yeah, that, that was. I think I got that on. The, it's the year of the faith, the year of faith. Mm-hmm. So I must have been in Rome because it's got the um, Italian creed on the back. Mm-hmm. What was the year of faith? I can't even remember what year. This was copyrighted in 2012, if they made 2012. it that year. 2012. Well, I must have just showed up in Rome. It's so, nice, though. Yeah, I like this. I don't even know where the mosaic is from, but it's this um, depiction of Jesus that is incredibly detailed for mosaic. Cathedrale di Cefalu. Okay. Wherever that is. Yeah. Well, I don't know if maybe we can post a picture or something on yeah, that thing. Yeah, it's nice. Beautiful. But I like the expression of Jesus because it's got this like 
multivalent, um, lots of potential Mm -hmm. for meditation where he could be about to crack up and laugh. He could be um, ready to cry. He could be look bored and looking off in the distance. He could be rolling your his eyes at you. I'm seeing a lot of rolling eyes. Yeah, yeah. potential here. Yeah, he could yeah. be pondering something. Right. So it's fun. And then I got this one. Do you recognize Classic. this Classic. Yep. Classic. That is right out of San Augustino Church in Rome. Your favorite. Yep. And Right by where St. Monica is. This is a Caravaggio we're looking at. Yeah, go ahead. It's Giant Baby. It's the Giant Baby. Giant Baby Jesus. Uh, Fantastic, famously dirty feet for the pilgrims or the shepherds. And um, Caravaggio was known for this, um, taking his models from off the street. Right. So they weren't like the beautiful people, which was most common, of course, for, for art. And I actually think that Our Lady looks a little like Frida Kahlo. She's got that extreme eyebrow thing going Uh, on. Ah, yeah. Yeah, those are intense eyebrows. Or Frida Kahlo looks like Caravaggio's. I don't know. I don't want to distort this for anybody who's looking at it. Look at that gut on the baby Jesus. Man, oh, man. That is, so now this is well well fat, loved fat and baby. well used Yeah, from one place to another. You know where I got that? Well, it's in Rome. Casino, yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. From? Yeah. I have no idea. Daryl and Mary hey, Neville. Hey, all right. They bought it for nice. me because I had said that I really liked it. Oh, they that's bought nice. it at the church. Yeah, excellent. And it's a gift. So anyway, that's a favorite. Well, we got some trappings for the uh, room here. This will add a little color. Yeah, and a lot of some some means of uh, meditation. Right. I also need to get some sort of random piece of art. So if anybody wants to send me a random piece of art, that's a fun that's a fun invitation because I could get all kinds of highlight things. on random. Yeah, the more random the better. Yeah, but you want Christian art? Uh, or no, just art. No, I have a uh, I have a painting of a horse head. Okay, uh, hanging in my room. <laughs> that's a random piece of art that reminds me of Craig, and then it just looks funny and makes me laugh in the morning. Nice. So, uh, so that that's that decorating the room. Uh, how was your Lent? Um, How has your Lent been? We're we're sitting at the, we're at the doorstep end. of Holy Week here. Yeah. By the time this comes out, it'll be Easter. The portal. Aren't you a the picky portal. guy? I do like the portal. Um, I would say Lent was mediocre for me. Okay. In terms of uh, commitment. and But I feel like I say that every time. It was also very powerful. There's a lot of graces. But Lent's just a funny time, you know? I don't know. Maybe I got to get more hardcore. Is it the time of year or? Time of year, yeah. I think March is a tough, tough time in seminary stretch academic where you're in it too. It's just kind of like everybody's yeah. just dragging. It's just somebody asked me, how you doing? I was like, I haven't killed anybody today, which is a line from City Slickers. Oh, right, Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal says to, who's the old cowboy? I you killed anybody yet today? He said, day's <laughs> not over. <laughs> That's what I feel like with seminarians like right now. I like it. Um, okay. How about you? How was your Lent? Well, it was wonderful absolute disaster hmm. I uh, but I've been thinking about that and that's what kind of what I want to talk about is um, lessons I learned in the midst of disaster okay it's like you know the ship is going down yeah and you figure out you get real resourceful and figure out tools to plug up holes and not really to save the ship I'm not sure I saved the ship but at least for, Delay the for survival right. on the raft when you know Makes you're going to be floating around and that's kind of a depressing analogy um, for like leading up to Easter. Right. Well, no, I guess you drift into the the Great Island Oasis, Gilligan's Island. There you go. 
Who's that pretty redhead girl? I don't know. I don't know that show at you all. You don't know the show? Uh, never seen it. Heard about it. Never really? It. Yeah. All right. I'll watch City Slickers and you watch Gilligan's Island. Deal. Um, okay. So, yeah, it was pretty disastrous. I'm, um, I'm a vicious person. <laughs> I think you know this well. Um, lots of vice for, for all the good. And I won't deny that I have lots of good and um, am grateful to God for have, um, kind of like holding up a mirror uh, or I don't, I don't know how it, how it works exactly. Speaking to me, my goodness, blessing me, and uh, so that I know that I have a lot of good. And um, not as a way of like immodesty or vanity to be able to say that, but just honesty. However, on the other hand, I am vicious. And uh, do you remember Sid Vicious from the Sex Pistols? No. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're not a punk guy. Uh, yeah, um, that's funny. Don't look that up, homeschoolers. But Sid uh, Vicious. If you're not, yeah, he was the lead singer of the Sex Pistols. And a wild man, as the name uh, suggests. Um, vicious. So that means that I have lots of vices. And um, that's the opposite of virtues, right? So these are the things. What's a virtue? Habitual disposition to do the good. Yes. Man, you're like Siri. Yep. Um, I can speak with a British accent. What have you heard Siri? Goble has a British accent on his... Uh, on his Siri, yeah, it's great. He uses that stuff a lot, yeah. like the a lot of voice text, yeah. yeah, dictating, yeah, and the the um, voicemail kind of messages. Right. Um, yeah, virtue. So I just lost it. Habitual disposition to the good. Mm-hmm. So it's habits that you um, you form by choosing a good and or practicing a good, and then eventually, as you form this habit you become not only good at it to the point where it's more automatic um, and you also enjoy doing it more. Right. Right. Doing the right thing. So yeah. it's, it's the person who does the right thing, has a relatively disciplined life. With ease and style. With ease. <laughs> yeah. Everything was that steezy. Like that's, you remember the steez? Oh, I love it. Is that, that out? Was, uh, that was, yeah, that's out. That was, that was years back, but everything was style and ease, steez. Well, uh, Chris Constantine still uses that. He's still steezy. He told me that uh, I ski with some steez. You definitely ski with some steez. Oh, I yeah. felt like that was such a compliment. Um, he lives with virtue. How's that? That's probably a better thing. Yeah. And he also is an amazing skier. Yes. Um, yeah. So the opposite is that you you get really good at doing the wrong thing. Um, and I think of like vice as a lot of the kind of the little little sin habits, right? Um, my, my language is embarrassing and poor. Um, my uh, driving becomes a little more irritable and. I, my prayer is less attentive and um, less frequent than I'd like it to be. And um, Lent exposes all of these things to me and reminds me that I'm vicious. You know, I try to pray fast and give alms. And I realized I had the, the idea of, well, here, I got to go get, get, take my cash and go get gift cards so that I can hand them out on the street. You know, it's a gift to people. Um, I'm always kind of feel conflicted and don't know how much cash to give. A lot of times, Luke says, give to anyone who asks of you. Uh, not Luke, Jesus, mm-hmm. um, in my favorite gospel. And I don't know exactly how to do that, but in some response, I'd like to have something. I want to fill my car with 
um, gift cards that I can, you know, hand out to people. And now, I got do you one have a lady. Place you get them from? Because I gave a, I used to do that with uh, Chick Fil A. I was like, everybody likes oh, Chick Fil A. Yeah. But I gave it to one guy. and He's just like, what am I gonna do with this? Yeah. You think I just can get it my it's card? Like Red Lobster. Where do you go? Yeah. So I. Stop doing the gift card thing. So I'm curious what you do. Yeah, grocery store. Okay. Grocery That's store better. is good. King Super is down there because there's one near my church on Colfax and uh, McDonald's, mm. Mickey D's. It's like I almost feel like it's unethical for me to hand. Here's here's a heart attack. Here's a <laughs> gift of a heart attack. <laughs> Hopefully food, no Baselli's are listening. The, we have some friends is, who oh, are in no, the, sorry, Baselli's. the restaurant industry of McDonald's, as they would call it. But that's fine. Yeah. So anyway, I, I had intended to do that, but I'm telling you, I didn't do it or I didn't do it as often as I wanted to, you know, keep that stock ready and, um, and give alms. And, and also I was like committing from at the beginning, I am going to, um, I'm going to find new charities that I am super invested and interested in because I haven't done that for a while. And I want to find like things that I'm just like absolutely passionate about that I can give to didn't do it. Um, prayers. I said, I'm going to pray the rosary more. Didn't do it. I guess once in a while, a little bit. And uh, what's the other one? Fasting. I said, I'm not going to talk trash. Nope. Talked a lot of trash. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe I became more attentive to these things, but I was pretty bad at it. And uh, I, it, 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 not only that, but it kind of like opens the door to seeing like um, that kind of self introspection. That's good, but it also shows me that I'm vicious, um, that I got a lot of vice. Yeah. I got a lot of bad habits that aren't like super sinful and destructive, but, you know, I would prefer that, that they not be there. Now, I had this question. If Do you consider virtue to be a spiritual richness? Um, like I want to have a, a... I would uh, say, yeah. A rich spirit. Yeah. You know? Um, okay. So this was the silver lining for me then is that I was, I developed some gratitude to God for spiritual poverty. Ah, like I'm really okay. bad at this stuff. Yeah. I want to be all holy and have this great spirit. Um, yeah, that's different than the soul. Maybe the spirit is more like, um, a fantastic personality that is a gift to everyone. And I have the opposite, you know, moody, um, frustrating, the um, embarrassing, annoying, with all these things. Um, We've named out. all the bad things, but you're not talking about the good things. I well, mean, I got plenty you of good. The, you no, got, I, I preface that. You got I a lot of Lutheran thing. in you uh, from your Scandahoovian side, you know, of like yeah. you're just a dung heap. Uh, Maybe this is because I did a penance service yesterday. Yeah. All right? And everybody's confessing this very similar things that like Lent can be frustrating because you set out to do these great things for God. And then, and I even said at the beginning of Lent, I preached on if you if you get one thing right that you weren't doing before, that's um, that's better than getting every, ten things wrong every yeah. time. Jesus said, if you sacrifice something, it's going to bear fruit hundredfold, thousandfold. So maybe you just got to get one out of a hundred right. Have you ever had a perfect Lent? I'm going to say that this is it. Okay. This absolute disaster. Perfect. Because uh, yeah. I'll give you these, these give tools. It. I'll tell you All these right. tools. Here we go. But no, I I would say I don't think I have had the kind of Lent that I would call successful and um, 
just well done. Like where you where you got your life together. No, that in part, forty no. days. Absolutely, because that's kind of how I used to approach Lent. Of like, here's a chance to fix everything in your life. Yeah, and right. This year, my director was kind of like, maybe you shouldn't give things up. You should do things better. Okay, because it's about charity, right? Um, virtue is virtue sounds really boring to us, but virtue is freedom. Freedom is not doing whatever I want. Freedom is choosing the good. It's the good that makes me free. Yeah, it's not. And you know, habitual good. Right. And like then when it's then, habituated, I become more free. And that's why it happens with style and ease, as yeah. we said. Vice is slavery. So it's about becoming free um, to love more deeply. Um, and I just, I was just curious if you ever, you were in spirituality or when we were young pups and you were like, I just had the perfect Lent. And I, cause I've never, I've never had that in 20 years uh, of at least trying to do this. I don't remember one like that. Yeah. It'd be like, yeah, running and then. You, you you run real well when you're virtuous and then you're stuck in the mud with the vice. Mm-hmm. Like you, just, you can still keep moving forward, but it's with a lot of trouble and difficulty. I don't know. That's a running analogy. Might not be great, but no, I have not had the perfect Lent. Okay. But this was and the perfect Lent. I think, yeah, the perfect Lent is my Lent. It's whatever Lent has been. And if I recognize some of the graces that God has given me, I'm going to, call that a victory all right you know um because there are graces it's filled with grace but the grace isn't just like what i got right in my achievement right i think that there's a great insight there of like victory is not on the level of nature that would be pelagian right pelagianism where we can kind of earn our salvation through our own free will exercise of free will um grace is the victory so if the grace is received it's good yeah yeah and, and we the, stand in need. And sometimes Lent is about feeling our poverty and feeling our failure so that we can be then filled with the riches of God's infused virtues. Yeah, that other order, that supernatural yeah. order. So January, the, the New Year's resolution is for the earthly order. Get my life together. You, uh, then, you always have great New Year's resolutions. I've to dance more do. one year? I don't even know what I did this year. One oh, year. you know what? To to be more social and a, and a more available friend. Oh. So I was scheduling my Thursdays for, like, blocking them off. So I'm not going to do meetings. I'm not going to do work I'm in the evening on Thursday. I'm going to see friends. And I, that failed after, you know, a month and a half or so. But it's there. It's, it's on my mind, and I'm going to keep, keep going at it. All right. So in the midst of my failure, here's a few little tricks I learned. All right, some tricks, tricks of the, the trade. trade. <laughs> some of the stuff that the Lord gave me, some tools. Um, all right, so here's one. A, I, in my, in my desperation, I'm really bad at this. God, I want to be prayerful, but especially when I get stressed out and busy, I become the, the worst version of myself, you know, Matthew Kelly. Right. The, uh, the vicious guy, you know. Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, my prayer gets frustrated. Everything is, is harder. But I, I uh, developed this sort of dependence on God that took this expression. I get out of bed, and then right away I uh, will kneel down and put my head to the floor and say, Jesus, help me to be more like you. And I heard this from somebody told me that this was a good um, practice or recommended practice. And um, it's been delightful That's because great. usually yeah. I roll out of bed, kind of curse my life <laughs> until I get coffee and then go and sit as a zombie in the chapel. 
And then eventually two hours in, I start to wake up and become more pleasant person. Right. And But I don't know that this has made me a real pleasant person, but it, at least it's just really honest. Here's what I really want with this day. Here's what I really want with life. Jesus, make me more like you. I like the touching the head to the ground because it just brings you back to earth. Yeah. Like there's something corporeal. Grounding. St. Ignatius, who were uh, steeped in his prayer, he talks about posturing is really important. Mm. You know, we're not just spirits floating, but what you do with your body matters. There's something about the humility of that, but also just like re-earthing yourself, re-grounding yourself in the physical yeah. reality, you know? Yeah. It's a great, yeah, it's a great posture. I think the, well, okay, yeah. So that's that, that's that practice. It does feel a little bit Muslim. I lived in the mm -hmm. Muslim world for yeah. a little bit, um, but I don't mind. Maybe they have um, wisdom in their prayer postures, and I think that could very well be. Okay, so that's one. Jesus, make me more like you in the morning, first thing. Then um, there's this, what I call the imagination station, that where um, I have become irritable, and I'm getting more irritable with age. Um, it's just like grumpy old man. And, uh, so I had started to, I really love the stations of the cross and I've learned to kind of pray them outside of Lent as a way of, um, processing, feeling my emotions. I'm not a very good emotion feeler. When I, um, my therapist has me, um, use a feelings wheel, this dumb childish looking, uh, wheel that tells you all the different emotions. So when you're feeling, you can point to one and say, oh, that's what it is. I'm annoyed. I'm frustrated. I'm sad. I feel lonely. I'm excited. I'm joyful. Yeah. I'm grateful, you know, and it's helpful. I remember there was something like that in spirituality, right? Yeah. Some I mean, I, I, I could use that wheel. Emotional check. You should hand them out to the companions. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but I'm I, the, during this kind of time where I get worn out and um, for, for good reasons, because I'm committed to beautiful things like mm -hmm. teaching and like parish work, and they're demanding. So I get worn out at leading into Easter season, and I get irritable. Um, and the thoughts in the head will become obsessive or keep spinning on the same junk. Or, you know, like you guys talked about, I listened to this podcast about... Um, resentment of like re replaying the tape of yeah. frustration and feeling refeeling the stuff. So I got, I, I started learning and practicing um, just distracting myself with some holy image, some holy kind of um, thought. So my imagination is spinning on something that's frustrating. And then I just shove it out there with a station of the cross. Hmm. You know, Jesus falls the third time. Jesus meets his mother, um, the crucifixion. Jesus is stripped of his clothing. Uh, any of these stations that I happen to be praying that day, because I'd be like one a day or whatever, you just throw that in there, and it has the potential of pushing out the other stuff. And um, at least for a minute, you know, at least for a little while. And if you can get that little kind of push from this obsessive thought, then you uh, could possibly get rid of it for a, for a while. Uh, so the imagination station is the station of the cross. 
brought into the mind. Into the imagination. For some reason, I was thinking of conjunction function. Yeah, conjunction junction. What's, What's your, your function? function? That's not really what you're talking Do about. Do the kids still watch that? I don't that think so. That was great. I'm just a bill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, imagination station. I don't know. That's just a dumb name for it. But um, anyway, that's the, nice. that's the tool. All right. What about um, this water and wind meditation that I've taken to? That's so Jesus says, I am the water of life that wells up from within. You know, water from the rock is an image in, in the desert. It's, a, it's a, a, an image of refreshment, the spring of water. It's of satisfaction. It's of um, like cool, like cooling effect. Um, it brings life where there is kind of stale, dry, packed earth. And so I've, I use this meditation when my blood is boiling and I have frustrations, then I'll uh, imagine this well of living water that is grace um, welling up in my heart and then pushed out in my blood to the extremities, to my fingertips. I try to feel it in my fingertips and then in my feet, throughout the body, pumping if I can feel my heartbeat. And then uh, it has to go to my head. That's the helpful part. And then it just floods with peace. And I think it's like self-manipulative, but in a good way, right? Do you think you're getting more creative as you get older? Because I think you are. With These your things, image, you're, get, you're, you're getting more imaginative. Well, I, I hope so. Because I feel like I'm losing my crea- creativity. Oh, no, I don't think so. This stuff is working, but this is over the course of 40 days. Ah, yeah. Um, yeah. You think that, yeah. I would never think to do that in prayer. It's great. Try it. I should. My prayer is way too cerebral. Um yeah. Yeah, you can do it. You can do it while you're driving your car. Yeah. It's a quick meditation too. Or if I don't fall asleep well, then I'll use that one. And the other, the the complement to that one is um, feeling the breeze of the spirit. You know, the wind of the spirit. That's a cooling breeze, and then you just feel that on the outside of your body. You know, and um, it has the same effect. Nice. It's kind of welcoming this restful, peaceful kind of. And then every once feeling. in a while before mass, you do the. Oh yeah. What is that called? Lion's pose. Lion's pose. Lion's pose is like this old priest who just passed um, told Mike to do that. Yeah, stick out your tongue as hard as you Look can. Like a gargoyle, and um, try to touch the bottom of your chin, and then stretch out your neck up, your head all the way to the sky. <laughs> try to look behind you, and uh, but do that slowly. And um, it's supposed to be relaxing. And don't let anybody see you, probably. Cause it's, it's very crazy. Very strange. Yeah. Uh, but effective, yeah. He said, if you got, you know, if you got nerves in the in the sacristy before mass, just just do this thing. And he's not of that type. No, that was the no, funny thing. Yeah. Is he's a very formal kind of a. Father Kerensky, God rest his soul. I think his funeral was this morning. Yeah, that's right. Um, but he was nicknamed uh, Father Cranky. Father Cranky. <laughs> yeah. So I, but I appreciate that gift. It's a good one. All right, go on. More go of these. Go on. All right, so. Um, Let's see. One other is that I've taken to the, um, yeah, okay, in my Swedish Lutheran, uh, you just saw my perspective, my pessimistic self-reading that has driven me to pray for hope often, like things are getting better, life is good, and, and a sort of weird optimism in, like a spiritual optimism in reaction. I constantly preach optimism, and and I try to take that attitude into life. But it's because I'm plagued with this, you know, 
these genes. Mm-hmm. Um, or I wouldn't call it genes. It's it's more like, but you know, um, self accusation, fear, um, frustration with myself. I get much more frustrated with myself than with other people. Um, at first, I get frustrated with other people, but right naturally. <laughs> But I'm, yeah, I sort of, and I see this in my penitents often, is that they're, um, yeah, really preoccupied with um, their own self-assessment. It's a self-judgment. Is Am I good or am I bad? Which parts of me are good? Which parts of me are bad? Am I doing the right thing or the wrong thing? And how will I be judged? Yeah, there's something interesting in us as human beings, the desire to measure yeah. We want to measure things. How was my Lent? I always tell my guys, I'm like, if you, you know, did you improve 7.6% uh, in chastity over Lent? It's like, it sounds ridiculous because you can't measure because God's measure is Christ and it's immeasurable. But yet, so we lose the bearing. We lose measure actually as we go deeper into the mystery. Yeah. I think it's, I think it becomes harder to know where you're at. Mother Teresa, 40 years of desolation. How does she measure spiritual growth when you feel, especially when you feel like there's just regression? And that's where the voice of accusation comes in and says, you suck, man. You are such a hypocrite and you're way worse of a priest than you were five years ago or husband, wife, whatever. And I think in, in some ways, as you progress in the spiritual life and even in the, uh, in the moral life, the life of virtue, then um, the little things start to, to uh, start to show in more profound ways. And maybe this is just like perfectionism, but you kind of are working through the huge things. It's like Ignatius says, start with the mortal sins, just stop doing mortal sins. And then you can start working on like the rest of your soul. And, but then the other things, now that I don't have that and that and that as a regular problem, now I'm seeing the other things and I start to get really concerned and obsessed over those. Instead of just like, like living in that victory, that joy of thank you, God, for taking these things away from me. I'm not as much of a tyrant. I'm not totally lustful. I'm mm-hmm. not, mm-hmm. Um, you know, d- 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 gluttonous to the point of um, not being able to get out of my bed, you know. Um, then these other things start to bother me. Oh, I'm irritable. Oh, I'm whatever. And I'm always, yeah, that with that self diagnosis, the, there were some meditations that led me some prayer that led me to really remember that I'm looking forward to judgment, to my final judgment. And that for, for two reasons. Um, one is that I know that I have a merciful judge. I know the judge and he's my friend, right? And I think all too often people think of judgment as like, this is where I'm going to be faced with right. the worst of me. When in fact, judgment is, at least in the biblical sense, someone who vindicates someone who's suffering, injustice. Mm. And they say, okay, I know that you've suffered that injustice. Or I don't have, like, I feel sorry for myself a lot, but I don't actually have a lot of, you know, problems in my life. Um, that's interesting. That's a, that's a great way of, like, shifting it. Like, we just read Daniel this week in uh, the story of Susanna and yeah. the false accusation from the elders. And then his judgment yeah. to save her. She needs a judge. She needs a judge. She needs to save her. Yeah. yeah. Because otherwise she's yeah suffering this injustice. Yesterday I talked to a friend, this is very unfortunate and, and sad, um, but real, 
that um, had suffered domestic violence. Hmm. And she was caught in this thing of like, well, this will never be made up to me. Like how, how does this, you know, this isn't, this is a terrible thing that I've suffered. And um, not only do I not know why she was pretty good about like, I'm not going to blame God, but then like, where's justice in this? And um, is this, is he going to see justice? Like, or is he going to, you know, go free without any consequences or something like this? And she'll get justice. God will make it up to us. God will make things right. You know, I just went by this guy on the street who's sitting there, you know, drug addicted, um, totally, you know, um, hunched over, obviously sad, um, stuck in life. I don't know his past, but whatever it is, people kind of drift into this or are born into this. They don't really choose that. They don't look ahead and say, I'm going to work toward misery. Um, but God is going to make things up to us, somehow make it right. And that's wonderful. So that when I'm, when I'm like diagnosing myself and getting so discouraged, I'm like, I don't know how to get any better. And I'm suffering these things, like my own vices, my own, um, I don't, we all live with certain sufferings, my cross and all these things. Um, but it feels unjust, yeah. you know, and it's frustrating. It's like, why do I have to deal with this? And we, you can say, well, God is, God does good things with all of these things. And some, someday it'll make sense. But some of it is just suffering. Some of it is just the madness of this world and the suffering. Why do children suffer terribly in some places? Why right now are people unjustly suffering in Ukraine? Um, yeah, I don't know. The why is not something we necessarily get. But we do know that we have a just judge and that at the, in the end, he's going to make it up to us. He's going to make it right. I, I think of um, the temptation to exact justice on your own, kind of connected to what we were talking about measuring things, like eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. Uh, Count of Monte Cristo, you remember that story where he kind of carves into the side of his cell, God will give me justice. Yeah. And it's all about vengeance. Don't take my hate, it's all I have left. It, yeah, it's about the vendetta. Um, and it never satisfies. The only thing that satisfied it is the actual judgment the divine judgment on things. and But part of it is surrendering our desire for justice to yeah. exact justice. Not that we're not called to the virtue of justice and to live that out, but when we suffer injustice, you can't. The only, the, only the judgment will satisfy. Yeah, you can't fix it. and I, But I find a lot of hope and peace in that thought, and I've taken a lot of solace and gratitude toward God and then more trust in God. Yeah. Of just like, yep, I don't get things right. Yep, there's problems in my life, um, and I don't have to. I don't have to figure it out, and that means, um, and, and Jesus will. Yeah, Jesus will make things right, and then also, okay. So there's this piece of Jesus is going to in our judgment. Jesus is going to uh, reveal to ourselves totally who we are. Um, we went through the purgatorio and everything. You get to see. Oh, I got all these vices that I need to be purified from, um, and uh, sin and its consequences that I feel like I would like to make up in the world, but now I, I don't know. I either rely on God making that stuff up because I hurt people and I can't take it back. Um, so there is there is something of that judgment of like, okay, open up your eyes, here's your life. Um, but then there's also, here, let me make things right. You know, not everything was 
um, your fault. Not everything was your, um, your problem. You suffered a lot of things, a lot of evils, and um, there's somehow there's going to be justice. And then the last piece of the judgment is Jesus um, giving us that eulogy, that blessing. He's going to tell us how great we are. You know, mm. and if I live in the midst of this sort of self-accusation and that accusation that comes from evil, from the evil spirits, from the devil, and that's real, you know, he can plague us. But some people, I think, are just more susceptible to that. And then um, Jesus is going to say, no, here, let me show you who you really are. And let me show you the, all of the good. So, yeah, there's some bad. Yeah, that's real. And that's regrettable. But here's all the good that you're either not seeing or I want to draw your attention to or you never saw. Your life had this fruit. I think there's a ton of fruit that we don't even know. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is going to call that out and celebrate that. So it's just a, a point where I can celebrate and look forward to my judgment and let go of things here. St. Paul says, I can't even judge myself. You know, I can't judge myself. And uh, all I can do is, forgetting what lies behind, I press on toward my goal. I try to love God and neighbor as much as I can today. And um, so those things have helped me in particular with this um, Jesus saying, don't be anxious about anything. Uh, that sounds like a pretty good line to me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. There's victory in failure. I gave Mike the sign, unfortunately. I'm presiding a mass today, so I got I to gotta oh, we're wrapping cut it, it shorter. Up. Um, Those are all the tools anyway. Okay. I don't have anything left. You got the Surrender Novena in your hand. I got the Surrender Novena. Talk um, about that some other time. Uh, it's just this beautiful prayer that the Archbishop uh, encouraged everyone to pray in our diocese. And it ends each day with ten times saying, Oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. And that's a lot of the spirit of my Lent was uh, Jesus saying, Okay, here's some tools that to yeah. let go to, to surrender. Beautiful. I don't think there's... A spiritual practice I recommend more right now than the Serena Novena. I think it's just the heart of everything. Yeah, and if you're looking for it, there's uh, Full of Grace USA, fullofgrace.com. I print these nice glossy ones. That's nice. it. I'm saying congratulations to um, Paul and Shana and Miriam and Leo and Rita um, and all of the friends who will celebrate with them this the birth of a new child. And um, happy birthday to that little girl. Yeah, that's my shout out. That's great. Um, our dads ran into each other at mass at St. Thomas yeah, More, and they right were on. they were talking about how happy they were that we're podcasting again. So that's thanks right. to our dads for uh, their support, uh, Dick and Daryl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fellas, good fellas. Uh, my shout out is Sister Faustina Maria of the Father's Merciful Love, who's celebrating her jubilee, her yeah. silver jubilee of profession uh, from on Arizona, May twenty eighth. Yeah. Uh, Tapona, Arizona, Our Lady of Solitude um, Monastery. Just a beautiful letter from her, uh, encouraging us through the um, through the break, and just these prayer warriors who who sustain us. And just she just has an evident deep love of priests, and um, I just feel very much so uh, like indebted to her. And we'll be praying for. Her. Sorry, we can't be there on the twenty yeah, eighth of that's May. That's the thing. But uh, we hopefully, love Father you. Kevin Pankowski so will be there, who's uh, not too far away down the street in Buckeye. Um, but we will be praying for you on the 20th of May. So uh, congratulations, sister. Thanks for your witness. Brilliant. God bless you, everybody. Have a great holy week. Talk to you soon.